2: Creamy. Crunchy. Creamy. Crunchy. Creamy. Crunchy. Creamy.
3: Welcome to The Food Court, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the court, everyone. I am your honorable judge, Richard Blaze, presiding. Crystal wrote in the honorable part. That is still in question. Joining us in the court today, we have a comedian and a writer and the host of the podcast, Beautiful Anonymous, coming to the food court straight from New Jersey. It's Chris Gethard.
4: Hello. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you for having me. What? I'm ready to settle some disputes. Thank you so much.
3: Oh my gosh, coming in soft-spoken but ready to fight, you can tell. And here to argue with Chris, we have a performing artist who made her Broadway debut in Rent and has made music with her bands The Unlovables and Hiccup. It's Hallie Bullet. Hello.
5: Pam, Pam, Pam! I'm not going to be so quiet. Yes. And Chris and I don't really disagree about anything ever except this, this, uh, this food debate. So I'm happy to get into it. <laughs>
3: Oh, my gosh. And uh, you can tell they're not revealing what the argument is. Now, this is what everyone in the court
4: wants to know.
3: How do you two know each other?
4: Well, we live in the same house and we raise a child Uh together and we had the child together so that we we know each other in passing. Allie?
5: Well, we we met doing the Chris Gethard show and we fell madly in love and now we're married and have a beautiful baby. So that's, you know, that's the more romantic version.
3: Yes, very, very similar to my wife Jasmine and I. We, although it was not the Chris Gethard show where we met, but we, it was, a, it was a, it was a workplace, you know, thing. So, and uh, now, from what I understand, not to get too real life here, but from uh, reporting is reporting is that there is a two year old running around with glitter in the household right now.
5: Mm-hmm. So I just literally just bought him a like a pink glittery ball that you're supposed to be able to like squish and squeeze, and it's supposed to be like very gratifying and. He was like just enjoying it and it exploded everywhere. I mean, he I, I don't think it was even in the house longer than about two minutes before we just had like goo and pink glitter all over the house. So yeah, we were, we were, Chris had to put just throw, put him in the bath. It literally looked like, um, like he had been part of like an explosion in a glitter factory. It was like all over his face <laughs> and all of his clothes. Like we just had to start over. We had to put him in the tub and start over today.
3: It, it, it I feel like it's a rite of passage, the glitter accident. It oh, looked like God. a very adorable industrial accident. Is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. I love it. It's like, you know, it's going to happen. Markers on the wall. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, listen, you two have brought a hot button case to my court today. The case of the egg and cheese sandwich. This is a very East Coast case, as a native New Yorker, just to be clear, so both of you know that I understand this case a little bit, but can you explain to maybe everyone else who's outside of the tri-state area, and I don't even know if Connecticut counts in this argument, but definitely New York and New Jersey, can you explain what an egg and cheese sandwich is in the most
4: basic ways, what the bodega sandwich way of life is? Hence the disagreement. This is why I take a deep breath. So I'm glad to hear you're a New Yorker. I grew up in North Jersey. Hallie grew up in Westchester. or was born in Manhattan. So the egg and cheese sandwich is pretty ubiquitous, right? Like any deli in our area of the world, you go in, you order an egg and cheese, they'll make it and they'll make it good. And we have a little bit of an issue where we will go out to get them and Hallie will often ask me, to check if I can get hers on a croissant. And it, I can't lie, it does bother me. It does bother me. And this is why we're here before you today. Because I understand that that is a sandwich that contains egg and cheese, but I feel like an egg and cheese sandwich is on a roll. I feel like you go into any deli in the New York, New Jersey area, you ask for, you go, can I get an egg and cheese sandwich? The assumption is that's coming out on a hard roll. If you want to switch it to something else, I feel like you've now added some caveats, and I don't know that that's an egg and cheese sandwich. Personally, I don't know that that's an egg. Okay, and cheese. we're going to get
3: into we're, we're going to get into the actual debate, and I know Hallie has a different opinion here. But before we do get into the hard hitting part of the case yeah. today, Chris, what are your favorite things about New Jersey that are not egg and cheese sandwiches on hard rolls?
4: Oh, well, I'm I'm sort of obsessed with New Jersey historically. I, I when I was in my 20s, I worked at a magazine about haunted places in New Jersey, and I just think New Jersey gets such a bad rap. I think people think of it as this grimy, dirty, classless place, full of like the mafia and snooky and and the Jersey Shore archetypes. And it's this really, really strange place where I think those of us who love it will say all of that is entirely true. Like I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Like if you've flown into the Newark Airport, you've seen the area that surrounds it. It's like a hellscape. I'm not an, I'm not, I'm not dumb. Like I know that it is polluted. I know that guidos are real. I know that when you go to Seaside Heights, you're going to see a fight on the boardwalk from people who look like they've been painted bright orange. Like that's real, but it's also full of people who are like hardworking and honest. And there's a lot more natural beauty than anyone would ever expect if you haven't looked into it. And I just think that it's like a land of, of hardworking people who enjoy a lot of beautiful stuff and, it's all kind of obscured by like the cloud of all the jokes about this place and all the, you know, we kind of take it on the chin. Like the, it's a punchline. It's kind of an international punchline, New Jersey. So I do get, I get very defensive about it, but I, I love it to death. And most of that's rooted in the people. I think it's really, I think it's just like really hardworking people who have a chip on their shoulder in just the most positive way that you can put that out there. Although, can be gruff can be tough to get to the good of jersey people at times we're a defensive lot but overall I think if you're in a situation where you need somebody to get your back, you want that person to be from Jersey. I swear by
3: that. Fair up enough. Down. What a what a love letter oh, right yeah. there oh, to yeah. New Jersey. Again, as a native New Yorker, I just like, you know, you tug on mom or dad's coattail at one point. You're like,
1: mom, dad,
3: what's over there with all the smokestacks across the bridge? And like, that's how yep. it starts. And then you watch a Batman movie and the villains are from places with giant smokestacks and, you know, and, and that's 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 a bad stereotype. So thank you so much for that sweet love letter. Also, Crystal tells me, Chris, that you are a soda aficionado.
4: Oh, yeah. We could talk all day about that. Hallie, actually, I I would actually argue that, and and this is not something, I'm not like certain of this, but I would bet that there was a stretch around like 2013, 14, 15, where I probably had one of the better soda collections you were going to find anywhere in the world. I I would actually put money on that. And, I think we moved it twice. And I think it was when we had a third move coming up that Hallie finally was like, please don't make movers carry like, gallons and gallons of, of liquid in glass bottles. Like, we can't just keep lugging Ooh. this stuff around in trucks. You have to drink it or get rid of it. So I drank my soda. Ooh,
3: this but- I love. So it was, like, yeah. I once had a burger restaurant that had a soda reserve list that you would have been the only person, by the way, that would have appreciated this. Well, like, no one got this. No one got the, like, oh, the reserve wine list, but with soda, you can get a 1973 tab.
4: You know, like, no one got it, but you would have appreciated this it. This is my dream. <laughs> we could talk all day. I, I have, I, I'm... Specifically obsessed with like uh, long running regionally bottled brands. Like, you go to Kentucky, there's a drink called L81, they've been drinking it forever. You go to Maine, they've been drinking Moxie forever, and there's history in them. And some of the flavor, like Moxie, a lot of people not from that Maine area find it to be very medicinal, but you drink it, and you realize, oh, this is like somebody's grandparents were drinking this in Maine, and this is like a taste of something that you don't get on a supermarket shelf in the broad sense. And I think there's a lot of culture tied into that. A
3: throwback to when licorice was candy. Mm
4: -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) When Chris
5: and I were planning our wedding, like Chris's thing is soda and I, I love candy. And so like, I would say like a big like part percentage of our wedding planning was like trying to figure out exactly what soda and candy we wanted at our wedding. And then there was like Ooh. a huge, huge, huge spread, but yeah, we spent way too much time on it. Other people are like worrying about like the guest list and what people are gonna eat. And we like, yeah, we were mostly just fussing over like soda and candy.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, I love this. So Hallie, if if, if Chris is, you know, the, the soda, he's talking about Moxie, right? Like what is the candy then that you use as this, in this example?
5: Cherry mash, baby. It's gotta be cherry mash. That's my favorite, favorite candy. And it's very hard to find. I don't even know what it is. Okay, so oh,
4: you'd Chris, love it. Yes, she has converted me. It's <laughs> the best candy. It's the best.
5: Chris, I have no objectivity. Describe cherry mash.
4: Cherry mash is made in Missouri. It's extremely hard to find outside of Missouri. Even in like, even in vintage candy stores. Like, even is it Empire? Candy? What's the candy store on the Lower East Side?
5: Oh, Economy Candy.
4: Economy candy. Like even they don't very often have it. And that place has everything. It's basically imagine a really well made York peppermint patty, but with a cherry filling instead of a mint filling. And and you're getting close to what's in there. And it is something
2: special.
3: Oh. But
5: it's not a patty. Wow. It's like a giant ball of like chocolate and cherry like goodness. Not- with like a
3: whole cherry? It's like a kind of a whole gushy cherry. No,
5: it. it's like this cherry filth. It's like this filthy, oh. sweet like a creamy like yeah there's no actual like cherry there's no recognizable actual cherry in this candy it's just like oh my gosh cherry goodness there's
4: there's a similar candy Mm -hmm. called big cherry that I think does have a cherry inside it but it's not as good and
5: (laughs) big cherry get out of here
4: and it's gotta be cherry mash if Hallie's allowed to air out cherry mash as her favorite candy which I agree with I feel like I am honor bound to say that if it comes to soda I would actually recommend, there's a drink called Mr. Cucumber, spelled with a Q, Mr. Cucumber, that for my money is the ultimate drink. It's the apex predator of drinks, and everyone should try it at least once in their wow. life. And it, it's obviously flavored of cucumber. You you wouldn't believe, because it's but it's not a seltzer, Richard. That's the thing. You think cucumber fizz, you think something more All like right? a seltzer. This is a definitively sugary soda that captures and enhances the flavor of cucumber. And I have hyped it up to people big to the point where they say it's not going to be as good as you're saying. And then consistently when they try it, they go... It's better than it's better than I imagined. All right, respect. I like the celery soda, so I'm I'm down with the cucumber soda. Celery. You're talking about celery. There we go. Browns. Yeah. Now,
3: if you do cherry mash and cheer wine, is it too much? (sighs) Is it too much cherry? Can you have too much cherry? Is this another spinoff episode of Food
5: Court? I might not pair them. I might. I might. In fact, actually, as we're talking about this, I'm feeling like the the heavy cherry bomb aspect of a cherry mash with like the light, refreshing delightfulness of a Mr. Q. I feel like that would be a great combo. I would do that in a heartbeat.
4: Great combo. Okay. Let's listen. Who
3: who wants the, the, the Gethard bullet blaze soda candy pop-up mashup shop. I mean, this, this, which has never happened in the court where I've wanted to strike a business deal with, with the people who are arguing, but there it is. Everyone.
4: I have, long thought about abandoning my entertainment career to start some sort of soda business. So if you're serious about that, I would love to follow up off air because this is my dream conversation and Hallie can vouch for me.
5: Yeah. I mean we're Unbelievable. Heaven is a place on earth, baby. This would be this would be awesome.
4: And if you're talking to cheer wine desserts, if you haven't made yourself a cheer wine float with vanilla ice cream, thank me later. It's, yeah. have you really lived it's something right. it's mean, something special oh now there's ice cream involved
3: okay this is getting out of control i might not be able to make a decision today because we're just vibing so so well hallie real quick though you you tour both of you tour right but and i've just started sort of doing the touring sort of what do you eat as a musician in bands on the road hallie what are your go-to like
5: I'll say it. I'll tell you it's night and day from when I started. So when I first started touring, the first tour I ever went on, I was on tour for a year and a half straight. and I, didn't eat well. Right. Because it was like the nineties and I don't know, I'm a vegetarian. So I was like eating, eating, eating a lot of garbage and a lot of sides. Like back in those days, like you'd roll up to a restaurant with your pals. And if you were a vegetarian, you knew you were just eating sides all night. That was it. That were only options, but things have totally changed. Now I would say like the iPhone was like a big, big game changer because suddenly my band would like, we would roll into town immediate, if we were early and we had enough time, we would immediately find some place to go do go-karts. We had to do go-karts in every city if we could. And then I don't know, you can just look up like the best vegetarian restaurant. If you've given yourself enough time, like go hit it up, try, try some excellent food and then head to your show. I was, yeah, touring, touring is a completely different experience now from when I started. So I'm, I'm, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more enjoyable now,
3: but still go-karts.
5: Absolutely. (laughs) Go-karts.
4: Okay. Okay. (laughs) I know Amaya. I my end, being Northeasterners, there's a funny thing I realized when I started touring a lot, which was, I have a real obsession with Waffle House, and I think a lot of other Northeasterners do too, because we don't have it. But then when you get Ooh. to the South, you realize that they're baffled that to them, Waffle House is like a place where meth heads fight at 3.30 in the morning, and they're like, why do you all love it so much? And we're like, because you, you can get your potatoes diced and chunked and, and honked and honked and get whatever you want. And they're like, it's it's gross. It's a gross place. Stop. Waffle House. Major yeah, stuff But also get
3: stop. the T-bone steak at Waffle House. Is it's it come up on this on this podcast. Like, get the T-bone steak. Like, why not? Like, you don't even know, like, I don't even, it's not a cow. Like, I, I've never seen as, as thin a T-bone <laughs> as the T-bone steak at Waffle House. But get it. Like, go big. Where else can you get an $8 T-bone steak? Like, only at a Waffle House. That's my, that's my, that's my suggestion. And I'm a fan as well. Just to be clear. Okay, Chris, tell us in one sentence or so the case that you've brought to the food court today.
4: If you walk into a North Jersey deli or a New York City bodega and you say, can I get an egg and cheese? The assumption will be that it's on a roll. I posit that if you switch it to a bagel or as my wife likes to, a croissant, that you are now crossing into something that is not technically an egg and cheese. This is now an egg and cheese on a croissant and it's a different thing. I don't know that you can just switch one of the core elements of this sandwich and have it be the sandwich that you're claiming it to be.
3: Okay, for a guy that loves cucumber soda, who would think you're such a traditionalist when it comes Mm -hmm. to breakfast sandwiches, but you think that the egg and cheese has to be on the hard roll A hot take right out of the gate. So Hallie, I guess that means that you don't believe in the rigid rules of the egg and cheese. I
5: don't. But Chris is not alone. There are a lot of people that argue like the egg and cheese, it's a classic. It has these certain ingredients. It's made a certain way. You don't mess with that. I would say I just want my food to taste good and I don't like it like that. And I would say what makes you a true New Yorker is knowing what you like and ordering it that way. I also don't accept the like that I'm trying to like fancy up the breakfast sandwich because it's still, I'm still ordering it at Bodega. It's still a Bodega croissant. And also Chris and I have a debate about the American cheese versus Swiss cheese debate. And I I say also that I'm allowed to have Swiss cheese if I like, and it's still an egg and cheese. Unacceptable.
4: Unacceptable. Swiss cheese on a croissant is... Delicious. You, queen of england what are you you having a state dinner with Gethard, Joe Biden i don't know if you've ever been gaveled oh, chris Gethard, sorry, i'm gabbling
3: sorry. you we sorry. will get into sorry. this this sorry. is a court chris it's serious <laughs> i know we're talking about candy and soda but now we're talking about the case of the egg and cheese sandwich you're going to argue the very definitions of a sandwich and egg and cheese and that's what we do here at food court argue very serious topics that are ridiculous so let's get into it but before we get into the official arguments we like to have a quick trivia round whoever wins the trivia round gets to decide who presents their argument first in order to buzz in you'll have to make your own sound so chris what audio will you be using to chime in to answer the trivia questions
4: maybe i'll just go with i feel like i'm about to make a fool of myself maybe i'll just go Ha! that'll be mine
3: huh
2: i'm sorry i'm trying to yeah like okay,
4: so this is a goose
3: at a park at Twilight. An angry goose. A goose who has An not angry eaten angry goose. Yeah. Yeah. An angry goose. All right, I like it. It's original. It's original. Thank you. Thank you so much. It, it, it's long, mm-hmm. which could strategically go against you. We'll see. Uh-huh. Hallie, as, as someone who, who, who might have more musical talent, what is your sound going to be?
5: I, I'm just going to shout the word croissant.
3: Ooh, that's very passive-aggressive of you. Actually, no, it's very aggressive, a uh,
5: passive-aggressive. Well, but I've, I've made it a more level playing field because I made it a two-syllable word, at least. So, you know, I'm just, so Chris's sound is long and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout the word croissant.
3: Okay, that's going to work. So we have the goose honking and the word croissant. Question one, here's how it works. You'll make your sound. You'll get the opportunity to answer. Do not answer before you make your sound effect. Question one, the podcast and talk show hosts, De Zeus and Miro who are passionate about New York City bodegas, use a bodega sandwich as their show logo. Super popular podcast. They also have a a show now, right? Like an actual show. What is the sandwich featured in their logo? What iconic New York City sandwich is in their logo? A lot of heavy thinking going on here. How many iconic bodega sandwiches are there?
4: Oh, that's going to be Chris Gethard coming in with the goose honk. No, I, I am a fan. I enjoy the Showtime show. If we're talking an iconic, especially uptown sandwich, maybe a chopped cheese? Okay, like the, this one. The New York City-style yeah, well, cheesesteak, kind of?
3: Yeah, it does feature ground beef, but the answer is chopped cheese! Yeah. It is
5: chopped cheese! I would say the veg- the vegetarian had was really at a disadvantage here.
3: Fair enough. I don't even know what a chopped cheese is. Although, and I was going to say someone is out there making an impossible chopped cheese, but I struck that right before I said it, because that is not happening at a bodega. No bodega is like, how are we going to work this out for our, you know, one vegetarian that comes in here a month? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> chopped cheese, it's its made on a grill or a griddle. It's with ground beef, onions, topped with melted cheese. Basically, it's a chopped up cheeseburger with condiments on a hero roll. One of my friends, Dale Talde, big fan of the chopped cheese. I've never had one and I'm embarrassed as a native New Yorker. All right, here we go. Question two, Chris is up one zero. What fast food restaurant was the first to introduce a breakfast sandwich via the drive through? Before we even answer, you can have multiple guesses. Croissant. If, okay. All right. Hallie?
5: I think it was McDonald's.
3: McDonald's—that is a, a good, a good, a good
5: guess, and very close, but not correct. Oh, I, it's not just correct. because I like the to... McGriddle. I wanted it to be McDonald's. No but now that I, I think about it, again, but you... the McGriddle is so good. Hallie, you can, an- you
3: can
4: answer again honk. if you want. Honk.
5: All right, Chris. Hey, I got multiple answers. I got multiple answers. Wasn't All right, that that a, is it. Multiple in.
4: unlimited guesses if you honk in first or
3: croissant well, first. It, it, until this, <laughs> yeah, it, it is until this court shuts it down. But Chris, your guess? Uh, Burger King. Ooh, Burger King is incorrect, okay. and now we get into this part of the game where how many fast food restaurants can you name? Croissant. Hallie. Do you want to return, serve? I, I don't, don't know. Right, I Hallie? don't know that
5: many fast food restaurants. It was Wendy's. No, that doesn't make sense. It, was it is Coach not Jeter. Wendy's. It, it is, was. It was
4: In and
3: Out. Uh, first of all, you have to you have to yell out croissant. croissant. Okay? Ah, this court.
4: In and out. In and all out. Right, Chris <laughs> was it? In and out. Chris
3: Gethard yelling out In and out. It is not In and out. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we keep honk going? Carl's Jr. Chris Gethard with the honk. It's not Carl's no, it's Jr. Wrong. Oh all my
5: guesses. You stole all my guesses.
3: <laughs> well, none of them Roy- are correct. All right. Chris Gethard, one more time. Roy Rogers? Roy Rogers. First of all, just respect for saying Roy Rogers. It's not Roy Rogers. <laughs> Shall we continue? Yeah,
5: um, um, we have
4: to. I need to know this.
5: The other fast food restaurants I know don't make any sense. I can't <laughs> say Pizza Hut. I can't say Taco Bell. And with any respect, what uh, what are other fast are food the restaurants? Old
4: school. What are the old school? Oh, um, okay.
3: okay. Parties. Hardies. All parties. right. We're gonna we're we're gonna end this. We're gonna pull back here and take a breath as we've exhausted naming. I don't, we named 15, 20 different fast food restaurants, and I don't know if we were gonna go there. So we will both not get a point for this one but the answer is Actually let's do this. I'll give you a hint. Let's see if we can get an answer. Yeah. This fast food restaurant you can get a cheeseburger or a taco. Cheeseburger or a taco. Mm. What is What's this called?
4: madness you speak of? Is it del taco? <laughs>
3: Is it is not Del Taco, even though you didn't honk. Honk? Del Taco? And Hallie, last shot here. Last shot, Hallie.
5: I can get a taco and a hamburger at this restaurant. It's a... It's a it's First
3: of all, you're like genius. It's a
5: fantastical place. It's a... it's a it, No, I, I don't... I can't even... I can't even fathom. Who's ta- okay. who's tackling all of no, this breakfast This is a West Coast.
3: No it worries. has to be a West Coast place, No right? worries. My friends at Jack in the Box Jack will box. be... Uh, Mildly disappointed. Mm. They debuted the Breakfast Jack back in 1971 before McDonald's released the very popular Egg McMuffin. As is usually the case, the creator doesn't get the credit and then someone comes in and popularizes it and gets all the money. Respect. Respect
5: eating the breakfast Jack, Jack in the Box.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. Okay, question three. And here's the thing. I this I have to be honest. Crystal, I know I don't do this. I actually have never done this. But Kelly's effort there was so tremendous so <laughs> tremendous that we are going to award a point in that round to yes! and we are all tied up we are all tied up heading into question three so whoever gets this one right will win something in new york city what animal is the poster animal of bodegas everywhere honk chris Gethard, the bodega cat it is the bodega cats
5: Yes. I love a good bodega cat.
3: And you can't see him, but he was super happy about it. Yeah. They make everyone. Cats make they make people happy, don't they? That means, Chris Gethard, you've won the trivia round. You got two points. Do you want to present your case first or
4: second? i'll go first today i'll go first i also want to register my displeasure that my wife got a point for not getting a question right that's kind of but see things like that happen to her okay things like that happen to her all the time so i'm used to it all right all right you won the round
3: but listen
5: enthusiasm goes a
0: long way you
3: know it really really does it really really does and i i should take a point away from you now even after the fact chris but i won't but i won't even though this is my court (laughs) okay all right chris gether you're going to present first which never happens no one says they're going to present first and before we get into the arguments, let's take a quick
1: break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect.
2: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's
3: been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. We are back in the food court to recap the case before us today. It's a niche case, or is it a niche case? Gonna have a lot of people in New York and New Jersey up in arms. What exactly is an egg and cheese sandwich? Do you have to get it on a hard roll? Can any sandwich with egg and cheese, does that still count as an egg and cheese? All right, the way this works is that each of you will have three minutes to state your case. During this three minutes, you need to lay out your specific argument, focus on your own paper and the merits of your argument and do not get into the negatives of the other person's case. Does everyone understand this in the courtroom? Mm
5: -hmm. Yes.
3: After both of your cases, you'll get a two-minute rebuttal period to go as negative as you'd like to go. Now, this is important or else I will dock you points or award points. We'll see how it works. All right, Chris Gethard, you have three minutes to let us know why the egg and cheese sandwich has to be on a hard roll. Why it's your three minutes
4: start now. The first thing I want to say is that the egg and cheese is a beautiful thing in its simplicity. It's also a sandwich that comes off a griddle one after the other in places like bodegas and delis. It's for hardworking people who need something hot in the morning and don't have time to waste because they get in there. They're The types of people who get their hands dirty. They got some place to go. They got to get there right now. It's an unpretentious food by definition. So a couple things I'll say about this. I don't think that if you said to anyone, what's, th- what's the least pretentious bread, that they'll say croissant. In fact, I think if you said rank breads based on order of pretentiousness, croissant would be the number one most pretentious bread option for many people. Oftentimes when my wife forces, and I will underline that, forces me to order an egg and cheese on a croissant, I am looked at with disdain by the person I'm ordering it from. And very often in a tri-state area bodega, and this is true, they have to take one of the croissants out of like the crinkly plastic wrap because these are not places that sit around with fresh baked flaky <laughs> croissants. Because I would actually argue that croissants in many ways represent the enemy of the values of people who egg and cheese are geared towards. So, and and I mean the Swiss cheese thing is just absolutely insane. It's just absolutely <laughs> ins- that's I know that we're supposed to focus on bread right here, but the Swiss cheese twist on top of it. oh you want egg and cheese a new york area staple yet you want the bread to be french and you want the cheese to be swiss are you is this i'm no nativist friends but are we what are we doing here but okay the simplest argument that i think lays this out that is you can't argue with this is that when i go to a deli and i say i'm going to get two egg and cheeses can you put one on a croissant with swiss cheese that's how it happens and here's what happens I do get two sandwiches back. One is on a croissant with Swiss cheese, i.e. wrong. (laughs) The other comes back on a roll with American cheese. Now let's keep in mind what just happened there. I said, can I get two of this product? I made clear some alterations that define the second one. I've said nothing about the, they could have put it on whole wheat bread. They could have put it on a sub roll. They could have put it on anything. They didn't. They put it on a hard roll. They could have put cheddar. They could have put Munster. They could have put anything. They didn't. It's American cheese. The only questions you'll be asked if you say, can I get an egg and cheese? There's only one, one correct question that can come back to you at a traditional deli, which is salt, pepper, ketchup. And that is said as one word, even though it is three words, salt, comma, pepper, comma, ketchup, question mark. To which I will often say, no, nah, I take it plain. Or I'll say, you know, a little dab of ketchup, just a dab of ketchup on there. If I say, can I get an egg and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup? They're never saying what type of cheese, what type of bread. They don't ask you that. There's only one question asked in response, which is salt, pepper, ketchup. It tells me this is an item. This is a locked-in thing. This is something where it is a known quantity. Any alterations alter it from being fundamentally what it is at its core. You can't put an egg and cheese on a croissant and call it an egg and cheese. At that point, it is an egg and cheese on a croissant. And I'm no idiot. You put egg and cheese on something, it's going to taste good. It's not the issue. You're altering a classic. Thank you so much. I rest my case. Thank you.
3: Very, Thank you, very well spoken. Salt, pepper, ketchup. I'm going to just start saying that though. Like that's, I think that should be, that's a Twitter bio. There's so many things that can come from just that. I didn't, As a native. That needs to be a podcast. Yeah. Yes. Chris is a traditionalist. There's only one way to do it. Maybe it's more than just the food. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe what I'm hearing is that it's borderline disrespectful to order it any other way. All right, Hallie, you have three minutes to let us know why the croissant is as noble and potentially as royal as Chris lets us know and why the egg and cheese can have many different meanings. Your three minutes starts now.
5: All right, so you roll up into into the bodega. You want an egg and cheese sandwich and you're looking at your options and your option is a hard roll. First of all, just consider the name, a hard roll. It just doesn't sound good. And then you have like a buttery, flaky, croissant that you could choose. First of all, just upping the butter factor in anything you eat is a great choice. Just include more butter. My croissant is nice and buttery. It has a nice soft texture and a flavor that's going to enhance the flavors of my ingredients. And again, it's not, we're not talking highbrow. They're pulling my croissant out of a plastic wrap, right? So I'm not, I'm not snotty here. I'm getting like just a deli croissant. I mean, yeah, I'm getting a deli croissant. And then I want like, I want a good, I want a good cheese. I want like a decent cheese. I want the cheese to stretch, right? Like, think about anytime you're like watching a commercial for something with melted cheese, they're going to get that nice close up on the cheese and it's going to just stretch from the food to your mouth. And like, that is what makes melted cheese good. American cheese does not do that. It just turns into like a liquidy, like processed, disgusting, like soupy mess. And so yes, the one thing I will say you got to have is the way they make an egg and cheese in New York City, don't give me a fried egg. No, de- no self-respecting bodega is going to give you a fried egg. It's they're going to scramble the egg, they're going to make it into a nice thin kind of crepe situation. And then they fold it up and they put it on your sandwich. And all I'm trying to do is set that egg up for success, man. I wanted to have a decent self-respecting cheese next to it. Again, not fancy. It's a deli Swiss cheese, a nice quality deli Swiss cheese and a nice flaky buttery croissant. And then all the flavors are just everything just pops. And, and, and again, like I said, I'm a New Yorker. I would like things the way I like them. I'm not going to be embarrassed of that. I'm not letting anybody shame me about my sandwich. And that is actually the most York quality a sandwich can have is just the boldness to just get it how you want it and not worry about what other people are thinking. And that's that's my argument. Oh, my gosh.
3: Now, do you salt, pepper, ketchup?
5: Mm, salt. I do salt. I'm not a, I'm not I don't need the pepper. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't need the pepper. I don't need the ketchup. I got all the flavor I need.
3: Got it. There are some textural issues here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's one of the big parts of your case.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Te- Am I allowed to go negative now? Because okay. if you want me to talk about hard roll, I can talk for another two minutes about how much I don't like a hard roll. But I, I can I can save that for my rebuttal.
3: OK, we will save it for the rebuttal. There we go. First round coming in hot. Hallie letting us know that you know she prefers the croissant with Swiss cheese, which Chris thinks is blasphemy. That's me working my own name into a pun. <laughs> There we go. Okay, Uh, heading into the second round. It is rebuttal time. Here's where you can get as negative as you'd like. You got two minutes. Chris, your time starts now. Well,
4: the first thing I'll say is the idea of my wife saying true New Yorkers want things done their way and they're not going to apologize for it. Kudos to you. A smart argument. And also uh, one of the reasons why I love my wife. My wife is tough and badass and doesn't doesn't take guff from nobody. It's one of the reasons I love you. That being said, you've said some things that are outright problematic to me. One, <laughs> to prefer a croissant, texturally or taste-wise, fine. But to disparage a hard roll, to claim I'm a true New Yorker who wants things the way I want, you can't disparage the hard roll. There's a lot of people out there in the rest of the country who don't even know what we're referring to when we say hard roll. This is a Northeastern classic, and if you want to say, I'm not I'm not uh, betray, you know, I'm actually being a tough New Yorker by wanting the way I want. That's fine. But you don't talk you don't talk bad about the hard roll as an institution. You're asking for trouble here. You're taking things over the line. It's not okay. Hard rolls are delicious. You get the hard roll with butter in the Saran wrap when you're in a real rush, you just run up to the Desk, you got it. They got the half the bagel with the cream cheese. They got the hard roll with the butter. You grab the hard roll with the butter. You go, okay. Another thing I'll say too. you're claiming that your love of a croissant is not highbrow or an effort to be fancy. And yet you pronounce it croissant, which I will admit <laughs> is the correct pronunciation. But to say, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, fancy when I say croissant. Well, you know, as well as I do that any deli worker is going to look back at you and go, you want a croissant? They're not going to say croissant because they're not fancy. So you are being fancy on some level. You need to look inside yourself and decide what that's about. Third of all, you said something absolutely ludicrous that just demonstrates to me that you do not have a fundamental (laughs) understanding of of the joy of an egg and cheese, which is you said what you want when you heat up the cheese is a stretchy cheese. You don't. You don't. Not in an egg and cheese scenario. Here's why American cheese is key. What you want is you want that thing to come off the griddle. You want to put... On that hard roll, you want it wrapped in foil. And you do not want stretchy cheese. What you want is some left and every... Everyone who loves the egg and cheese is about to cheer. People are going to be crashing their cars right now. They're going to be pumping their fists are ripping their earbuds out and throwing them because they're going to go, yes, this guy gets it. You don't want stretchy cheese. You want some gobs of leftover American cheese stuck to that foil mm. that we all know you should throw out, but you're going to be gross, and when no one's looking, you're going to swipe it off the foil with your finger, and you're going to eat that goopy cheese that's left over. You don't understand... Mm. The egg and cheese. I love you to death, to the moon and back more than anything, but I can't pretend this is not the case. You fundamentally misunderstand the cultural and taste values of the egg and cheese.
3: Wow, an impassioned rebuttal right there. That's all I can say. And somehow it's turned into a cheese debate, if anyone's listening. (laughs) Melty, ooey, gooey versus stretchy and chewy. Although Chris used the word goopy. Not a word I've used in, uh, in a good way in describing food. <laughs> All right, this is, this is big. Now, listen, I will say one thing real quick. You know, we're talking about the, the, the hard roll. I mean, it's not a bagel, Chris. It's not like this. I, I mean, it's, it's not something that's, you know, maybe there's a reason why the hard roll never made it to bagel status and never traveled outside the confines of the tri-state area. Now, listen, I'm maybe revealing too much. Hallie, you have your rebuttal right here. You got two minutes. Let us know why the egg and cheese on a hard roll sucks.
5: Richard, I couldn't agree with you more. There is a reason that the hard roll does not have the, uh, the fame and the glory of the, of the delicious bagel. A hard roll is just not good bread. It's bad bread it actually has, I would say like negative flavor. Like it is so bland and so dry and so just like disgusting white bread that it actually, I would say that it saps the flavor out of the ingredients. It like takes away from the flavor of the ingredients. It's like trying to eat a sandwich between two mattresses is what I would say. It's like absolutely disgusting. And I don't know why New Yorkers have just like, I do, I think it's uh. It's just like, oh, I'm a New Yorker. I guess I just got to eat my stuff on this hard roll. You don't, New York. You have options it's a modern world. You don't have to have the hard roll. Also just, yeah, just the fact that it's called a hard roll. Like sometimes the crust on it is so thick. It literally cut the roof of your mouth. It is just not a pleasant experience to eat the hard roll. And yeah, like then my, my egg, my cheese, all my good ingredients. It's just like, all I just have is all this nasty bread in my mouth and I can't taste any of the stuff that I like. And I don't know, American cheese. I, listen, I will say when you described it on the aluminum foil, I did have a very visceral memory of like what that's like to like take the American cheese off the foil. It is awfully good, but but I don't know. It still doesn't mean I want it on on my sandwich. It's a, it's soup, right? You melt American cheese. It just turns into like cheese soup. I don't want cheese soup on my sandwich. I want like, I want a nice, I want a cheese. So yeah, no cheese soup and, uh, and two mattresses for my sandwich. No, thank you.
3: As tasty as a sandwich between two mattresses. That was a lot to take in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, listen, family. I need to go take my notes over to my chambers before I make this decision. Let's take a quick break.
1: This is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
0: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> <sighs>
3: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not
1: obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
3: All right, we are back. Before I make, uh, and I let let you know the verdict, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Your last chance
4: to plead your case, Chris? All I want to say is that I got surprisingly passionate about it, and I hope this doesn't lead to a situation where in a few hours, Hallie reveals that she's actually mad at me because I got so worked up about this. Ooh.
3: It could happen. The the, po- also- the post-court day in court. I was
4: going to say, I thought judges were supposed to be <laughs> impartial, and for you to lace into the hard roll in between arguments, I feel like was a little unprofessional on your end, but hey, who am I?
5: Yeah, I, it's it's just a statement about the. it's just a true statement about the hard role. I mean, like people can't hold back if they want to say something about a gross, hard role. Hey. they got to just they got to speak their mind. But I, but in, in the spirit of people speaking their mind, Chris, I would never be mad about your passion. I, I, your passion is one of the things I love about you.
3: Listen, I, I appreciate you, you know, as a New Yorker, someone from New Jersey, the tri-state area. Chris, you letting me know, as most people from this area, would, letting me know your feelings, just like maybe you would in a bodega, when you're trying to order the sandwich you want. So thank you for letting me know that in my court, I'm not following (laughs) your rules, but this is not Beautiful Anonymous or the Chris Gethard Show. This is Food Court by Richard Blaze.
5: And and we are honored
3: to have you. Now, listen, here's the fact. This, This is a case as a native New Yorker that brought back lots of memories for me. And it's a really, really tough one. My dad... Rest in peace, Ken Blaze, who passed away recently. When he came to visit us in Atlanta, when we lived in Atlanta, and it was his first time to the South, and he woke up one morning staying with us for the first time, I was like, what do you want for breakfast, Dad? And he was like, I don't know, just like egg and cheese? And it was just this moment where I was like, you have never even been outside of New York. You do not even know biscuit. You don't even know what a biscuit is. Welcome to the South. You want to have... An egg and cheese on a roll, and people down here—they don't even know what that is. Real quick, this didn't come
4: up. Are we talking poppy seeds here? Do, do poppy seeds have to be on I, the hard roll? I, Chris, can't. I mean, if you want to have a double-length episode, we can get it on. <laughs> can get. I don't think they're necessary. I don't think that they're a requirement,
3: personally. Okay. Okay. Well, this one is a really, really tough case. Again, Chris, you threw it down. It is the. It is the. It, it's working class, like almost like making the case that not only. Ordering it in any other different way is a disservice to the food, but it's a disservice to the worker, disservice to the someone who now has to go find an old croissant and a plastic wrapper somewhere to make this sandwich to... Have you ever been... And this is another quick question. This is a really tough one. I never ask questions at this point. But Chris, when you're ordering this ridiculous sandwich for Heli on a
4: croissant, have you ever been denied? Oh, on a, I would say semi-frequent basis, basis. they will look at me and go, we don't have croissants. They will, (laughs) They will... Let me know. Yeah, we don't carry... Why, As if to say, who are you? Who do you think you are? And I will just look at them I, I with pain they, in my eyes, and I will not say it, but I will think it's not me. It's not me. I've been sent here at the bidding, the bidding of a tyrant. <laughs> There's
3: a weird uh, sort of similarity here to, like, a very Italian friend of mine who, you know, has a partner who loves pineapple on their pizza and wants to do this in Naples. Like, it is, it is not... Like, maybe... At the California Pizza Kitchen. But you do not order pineapple on your pizza <laughs> in Naples. Like, you literally probably lose your residence access and, like, you get shunned and kicked out of town. And this is that type of argument. So it's really, really tough. As a chef, I really, really like this argument. Helly, on the other hand, you maybe don't like the textural contrast. You want you know, a soft croissant and a soft, perfectly cooked scrambled egg. You want stretchy cheese, which I don't know, hell if you know, but people are building careers off of cheese poles right now. There are just Instagram accounts that are just about stretchy cheese. It is a hot, hot, trendy thing. You are on trend.
5: Well, you're making me just wanna eat one right now. And should we not just order what we want?
3: A tough topic, but I do have a verdict. And in the case of the classic Egg and cheese. This quartz. This is the toughest one we've had in a while, Crystal. This quartz will rule in favor of Haley Bullet. Are- oh
0: yes!
5: Oh yes! Freedom keep I will Freedom. just
3: very quickly say that I understand, Chris, if you want to take this to a regional courts where the decision probably will clearly go in your favor. Wow. But the compelling argument here is is Haley making a more delicious sandwich? I think she is by getting it this way. I think she's mm-hmm.
4: making it more delicious. And is not that the goal I just want to say food? I saw Crystal's face. Shock that I saw shock and dismay. That's what I saw. <laughs> this is this is rocking me to my <laughs> core. This is rocking me. To Fair my
3: enough, core. and also, I mean, Crystal, I'm flying to New York on Tuesday. Can we make sure this episode doesn't air until I return? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, because I get it. This is, this was this was a really really tough one. Thank you so much for bringing your cases to the court. You can find Chris's podcast, Beautiful Anonymous, wherever you get your podcasts. On his comedy special, Career Suicide, on HBO. And on old episodes of The Office, Hallie, well, you got so you got a new podcast going on. You are you on tour? What's going on?
5: I'm doing the punk news podcast. It's like we just gossip about punk and all our favorite music and all our favorite bands and all our not favorite music and our not favorite bands. It's like super fun. So yeah, it's the the punk news podcast every week.
4: Unbelievable. And Chris, you got another new project, right? I was just gonna say I got a new special out called Half My Life. That's me. It's performing at ten different venues, uh, most of them punk music venues. So it all it all ties together with me and Halle Bullet, much like the cheese. Ties together the egg and the roll in an egg and cheese. Yeah, fair enough. This was
3: a tough one. Like I almost do feel a little bit as a New Yorker. That was a really, really tough case. Listen, what do you think, audience? I know how you feel. Half of you think I got it all wrong. Well, you can let me know about it on the food court pod at food court pod on Instagram. And you can find me across social media at Richard Blaze across all platforms, except on TikTok where it's at Richard Blaze official, because there's lots of Richard Blazes in Montreal. People don't know that. Food Court is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Bakmahi. Food Court was created by our executive producer Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are David Wasserman and Jasmine Blaze. The theme song is by Jason Neesmith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And thank you so much, everyone. That
5: was so fun, you guys. With
0: terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com
2: Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on
1: file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.